Welcome to Tipsy Theology. Trey is back. And it feels so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're doing an extra an extra boy. Yeah, we're doing a, this a celebration. celebration. Are you shooting yours? The I, was product- gonna, I was going to sip. Oh, I was, was going to shoot, shoot it <laughs> slowly. <laughs> like over the course of a minute. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we figured I'm in town. Let's get wasted. <laughs> <laughs> the prodigal son has returned. Let's celebrate. <laughs> prodigal son. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Ooh. All right. That's better than I remember. That's the good old larceny. Oh, that burns, baby. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Yeah, that feels good. I like the bottle of this a lot. It's kind of cool. It's It's a neato one. It's a key. Yeah. Well, what's funny is it unlocks it unlocks my heart. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I'll tell you anything now. I love how we talk about alcohol the same way we talk about Jesus. Like he. It's true. <laughs> is that blasphemy? Probably. I mean, we sound like <laughs> I'm not. I mean, like it's like I feel weird to be in the studio, but this is amazing. He's so good. This is like wow. <laughs> I feel so professional. Get ready for some really good quality on this one. Oh, dude, I'm so excited. What are we talking about? Before, before we happen to that, what are we talking I, about today? I'm talking about Jesus is our alcohol. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, uh, we're, we're continuing. <laughs> people care, so I guess. We, uh, me and Paul, I don't know about you guys, but we really love this Genesis series we're doing. Dude, I get excited about it every time. <laughs> so if we're in studio, we got we should be talking about it. Genesis. Yeah, and so we're going to uh, we're gonna pick up where we left off, Genesis 3. Genesis 3B. <laughs> 3B, that's right. And I... <laughs> Might delve into four, if that's okay. We'll see. Okay, okay. Just because it relates so well yeah. to something I want to say. And there is something I, I, will, I do want to bring up as well that's back in, like, Genesis 3, 7. Mm, no, we're not going back. We're only going forward. So, yeah, yeah, after we go back a little bit. <laughs> nah, full steam ahead. Baby. But Jesus unlocks the key, or is the key. Jesus is the key. Well, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Do you ever... Do you, when you pray, do you ever, like, tell God jokes? Do you pray? Yeah. Now we already decided last uh, different podcast you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, do you ever like do you ever like tell God jokes when you pray? God thinks I'm a stand up comedian. There are times where I'm I say something like, That's pretty funny. God, I hope you're laughing at that. Yeah. No, I do that all the time. I do that all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I got some good bits we've we've developed together. <laughs> Just you and God. Yeah, you yeah. should perform that. It'll be like a like a like a dialogue, but the other person maybe for some reason we can't hear their voice. And it's just like, oh, then even the special is like prayer. And it's just me praying, but it's just jokes the whole time too. And then if some and no, then if like, no one laughs, I'm like, like he had to be there. <laughs> like long pauses where you're like, Your turn. You go ahead, buddy. You go ahead. What a setup. <laughs> go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Where do I hold the mic? Do I put it on my heart? Or <laughs> now it's blasphemy. <laughs> All right, so this is what happens when I'm in the studio, I guess. Oh man, too much celebratory shots. But I, I have noticed, like, there's a difference between our our podcast when I'm here and when I'm. It's true. Online, like we get, we're pretty funny in studio. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're just funny. Like, uh, I think because there's like that, it's harder to read body language yeah, sometimes yeah. too. Well, it, and I'm not discounting the ones we've done. Yeah, go ahead and pour it. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm not discounting the ones we've done remotely. Yeah. It's just, they're different. And I think we get more intellectual in those, which I don't I think know so. if that's what we want to do. I think that's a good thing. I think that's that's I think still good, but... We're, we're too smart on we this to... podcast. 
for too smart for Dude, I don't even understand it. Like, yeah, sometimes I say stuff and I'm like, that guy, why would he even say that? He knows so much more than I do. <laughs> then there's times I listen to myself and I'm like, oh, wow, why did I say that? <laughs> but hey, we've got a new one we're trying to We got a new Seven, seven Brothers. brothers. Oh! That was beautiful. Oh! You know what's great? I don't have seven brothers, but I am one of... You have many brothers. It's true. You are, you are one of five brothers? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, dibs on chaos. But hey, I knew you would. <laughs> this one is, so it's seven brothers, but it's Paro Santo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you s- you sent me on that trek to buy, I went five miles across yeah. downtown Cleveland to find a bottle of seven brothers gin in the middle of November. <laughs> Carrying a 20-pound suitcase. And the crazy part is, like, it was an unnatural storm happening, too. Yeah. no, Because yeah. I remember, I think it was a few days after that, I lost power for almost two weeks. Like, I think it was a week and a half. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Because yeah. we couldn't find a liquor yeah, store that was right. open. That's they right. They were all closed down. And I, we couldn't figure out why. Because <laughs> of the power outage. It was the power outage. Yeah, no, dude, that was crazy. But, like, I didn't even know you. And I, I did that trek for you. Dude, that's a beautiful friendship. Yeah. That's that's how you make friends right there. It's like that's like the airport trip for alcoholics. <laughs> yeah, I just called us alcoholics. Cheers. We're, well, so, I mean, we're drinking four different liquors today. True, but we're pouring even smaller shots than usual. Yeah, because we are very responsible Christians. You know how bad they wanted to like overflow. <laughs> yeah, we might do six small shots. Today. Why not? Why not? Maybe seven. Is that the biblical number? Seven brothers. Seven? And it's the sign of completion. You're right. Mmm. I feel like that's sweeter. Way more herbal. Yeah. It's got a strong lavender taste. Mm. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I think because there's not a lot of juniper in that one. So you you taste everything else. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Are we pretentious? I think a little. Yeah. What's next? Like, oh, yes, the shots, of course, so I can taste everything. <laughs> Dana still this one for eight years. Ugh, crusty. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the Jalisco uh, region of, of Mexico. Oh. And, uh. It's a good region. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a pretty good, it's a, it's a good tequila. It's, <laughs> I've had better, but like, if you're going to spend less than, you know. If you're poor. $2,000, this is the one I would buy. Yeah. I don't know what that voice is. I'm just if, getting a bit. Uh, <laughs> this is what happens when I'm in studio. I, you know, I, 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 I get all kinds of crazy. If you're hanging out with poor people, this is a good one. Oh, <laughs> we are so poor. Which is why we why need you to support us on Patreon. Because this is not cheap in Florida. <laughs> no, I don't have that bottle yet because I can't afford that bottle. But in Ohio, it's way cheaper and it's everywhere. Here, if you find it, you're paying double. That's right. That's like the Buffalo Trace of tequilas right there. Yeah. And the price of Buffalo Trace is going up. Okay, so I found a pl- This isn't for the podcast, but I found it for $23. What? In Atlanta. It's always sold out. I'm moving to if- Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone where it is. All right, cheers. It's our little secret. <laughs> oh, yummy, yummy, yummy. I love that. I like that one a lot. Mm. Pretentious Paul, I'm sorry. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite vodka. 
Van Gogh. Van Gogh. I'm was, excited for you to try this one. I was very jealous when you and Daniel had this, and I just yeah. had to sit there and watch you. <laughs> it's purple. Yeah. <laughs> it is purple. Yeah. That's kind of like our colors, I feel like. Good job, Paul. Thank you. Uh, there's a little bit of bourbon in there. Is that gonna do you want to finish it, that up? Is that going to make it better than it should be? Uh, I hope so. All right. Well, let's do it. <laughs> All right, this is only 35%, so I'll go about halfway. Half shot. I'm actually feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. Well, I got a lot of uh, positive emotion flowing just from being in the studio, you know? I think that probably helps. Because <laughs> you don't know how <laughs> sad it is to end the show when I'm just sitting there in my apartment drinking alone. And I'm just like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> now I'm done. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sit there with my thoughts. And it's like you drink with someone. But then immediately but then they're gone. I feel the effects and I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. I love it so much. You know, it's that's what's funny. We've talked about that. I feel like we sound more sober as the podcast goes on. Yeah, yeah. Because we start off so excited. Yep. We sound like we're drunk. We sound like we're tipsy. <laughs> little, yeah, we don't get drunk. Forty and slip there. <laughs> I, 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 you say it all the time. And I don't know why, because we don't do that. We don't do that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> what is that, Gatorade? Right? It's weird. Oh. It's that blueberry. Dude, I feel like we're really in sync today. We're just like flowing. <laughs> Dude, we're good. flowing like something crazy. I'm excited. All right, so uh, we're getting close to getting into this topic. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. I hope we've built the suspense here <laughs> with uh, with the, with the drinking and the, the talk and that doesn't mean anything. Something. I hope you guys enjoyed that because I did. I'm just excited. But hey, I've got a Cleveland local. Cleveland local. This Great is our lakes. First, first Cleveland local. This is our right? first first of many. If you want to look at my refrigerator, right Dortmunder now. Gold Lager. Yeah, so not... Great Lakes Brewery. You actually went there when you were in Cleveland as well. That's right. That's like the Cleveland Brewery. That they're the big boys. There are a bunch of other ones too. I've got some we're gonna try, but yeah, they. That's the first place I had pierogies. I don't know if that's how you say that. Pierogies. Pierogies. <laughs> Pierier. Pierogies. And you took French. <laughs> High school. <laughs> they don't teach that. That's like level five. So I, I that's near fluency. I, that I ate the Pierre yogas there, and they were freaking, <laughs> freaking delicious, man. I'll tell you what. Oh man! All right, so this is a gold medal longer right here. Dude, Shout out to gold. the Olympics. Ooh, listen to that. Do you watch the Olympics? I've seen them in passing, but I typically don't watch. Yeah, I I mean, it's on everybody's TV, so sometimes I just sit down and see what's going on. Oh, yeah. Me and Ed, you know Ed, my my roommate from China. Oh, yeah. Oh, Edward. Uh, we, we walked past the TV, and it was China uh, volleyball, I believe, versus mm. USA. So, I mean, it was fun to watch that. And be like, That's kind of cool. Yeah, we're crushing you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> did he did he take offense to that? No. He's like, this isn't our sport. <laughs> this isn't our sport. I was like, which That's one true. is? Huh? USA, baby. I'm just kidding. I mean, I know they like basketball a lot. Yeah. Uh, they're, as, they're pretty good at some sports. That's cool. Aren't they really good at ping pong? Is that China? <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed. I feel like this is a trap. <laughs> no, I feel like they are. But no, I... When I when I was in China, I I tried to play ping pong with this guy and he crushed me. Okay, just some guy in the park. Yeah, he like he had an extra paddle and he looked at me. And I was like, yeah, I'll play. It was funny because I tried to do tai chi with some of them in the morning, mm-hmm. and they crushed me too. And they're like, yeah. the one person was like 140 years old, and they're just way better at it than me. Yeah, 
We need to talk about like Eastern philosophies and religions. That would be a lot That'd of be fun. A good topic. That'd be cool. Uh, you know, because like I mean, Gunger is a pretty yeah. big name. Who you know, he's a big Christian who went and studied some of that. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I I'm very interested in that in that topic. Anyways, that'd be cool. Hey, cheers. Well, not, almost not, pre cheers. Pre pre cheers. This is our first glass bottle too, by the way. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I thought we had glass bottle. No, I guess we had the. Uh, what should we call it? What is that thing called? Can? No, the, <laughs> the big jug. <laughs> that's right. The yeah. growler. We used to bring that growler in. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Did we do that once? I thought we did it twice. <laughs> Maybe it was once. I well, don't know. Hey, and Swan Brewing has the growler. Yeah, Those I like their cool. crawlers. Are cool. All right. Hey, cheers, man. Cheers. I'm excited for you to share. That's beer. That's beer. That's really good for a lager, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Dude, it's, uh, since I, I have a bunch in my fridge, I've been trying them a little bit here and there, and it's so nostalgic to be like, ooh, I haven't tasted this in a long time. Yeah. It's been kind of nice. Cool. All right, so yeah. we're, we're talking about Genesis 3B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Picking up where we left off. Uh, last, and there's three if, sections, if so you, maybe uh, we'll get to... We'll do a little quick recap. Recap. <laughs> <laughs> Not not wrong though. <laughs> not wrong. It, that was, it was maybe that was a Freudian slip because I was going to be like a terrible recap. <laughs> Anyways, if you missed it, go back and listen to it, and you'll be caught up. Yeah, true. If you listen to the whole thing, you'll be caught up. Yeah. If you no. listen to every episode we've done, you'll be caught up to where yeah. we are at this go point. <laughs> stop right now. Go listen to all the other episodes. Come back. Now, where we left off is yeah. uh, they ate the fruit. Adam ate the fruit. Mm-hmm. What's God got to say about this? He's like, whoa, Buster. Whoa, buddy. Oh. Which verse does that start in? Uh, eight, <laughs> maybe. Eight, yeah, and they heard the sound of the Lord. There he is. All right, this God, is Genesis 3, Yahweh eight. Yahweh on the scene. Um, Tell me when you want me to stop. I'll just keep reading. We'll get to like Deuteronomy, like, all right, Paulus. <laughs> all right, Genesis 3, 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. <laughs> oh, man. All right, there's a lot. <laughs> I can't help but read that and, and laugh. Like, how do you not <laughs> laugh at that? It's kind of a funny interaction, the way it's read, too, because it's like, <laughs> did you do what I told you not to? Oh, uh, she told me to. <laughs> and you know what else? You gave her to me. Ha, ha, So... Ha. <laughs> It's like the, and, spider, and then it's he's the just, Spider-Man meme. They're poking, they're yeah, pointing at each true. other. Like, and then God's just like, all right, I'll let that slide for now. But did you do this? She's like, uh, he did it. <laughs> he told me to. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. oh my gosh. It's an endless river of Uno reverse cards. <laughs> it's true. Honestly, the Spider-Man meme was a great <laughs> was. for that. Maybe that should be our background. I like it. Hey, hey, That's hey. a thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> thumbnail. I don't know the lingo. I'm too old for that. All right, so yeah. uh, let's talk about 
the nudity. I was hoping you'd bring that because up. Because I I, uh, I think the one thing I didn't like about where we left off last time is... <laughs> what? <laughs> so, let's talk about nudity. <laughs> All right, go for it. <laughs> the last time I left off, yeah. uh, we we got in a big argument about, like, is evil done to... Uh, mm, uh, we, mm-hmm. We're talking about, like... Is evil done to us, or do we do evil, and how that all works together? I mean, mm-hmm. The answer is yes. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I made the statement that their nakedness was done to them. Hmm. They didn't do their nakedness. And who did their nakedness to them? God. And so I wanted to, to go into more of what I mean by nakedness, because mm-hmm. I feel like that just yeah, instantly brings up, like, sexual images, and it's not... Yeah, not, that was one of the main things I have notes about that yeah, I want to talk about. It's not really primarily sexual, it's... Mm-hmm. It's about vulnerability. It's about um, they realize that they could be hurt. Mm-hmm. They realize that, uh, I guess, their eyes being opened, they recognize their finitude and that they could be done, done zone mm. in the grave, right? Like God will say later, back in the dust where he came. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. where, did, where mm. Is there anything you wanted me to explain more? Well, so I'll, because I think there's a bit of overlap in that too. So I'll read what I have. This is, it's funny out of all of it. This is the one big note that I have. Um, just, I think this is like a very pivotal thing to understand as well. Um, so I'll just read. So it, it's, uh, when we look in the English versions of the Bible, <laughs> um, we see the word naked. We see that several times throughout, you know, the couple chapters in Genesis here. We see that in in 2.25 where that's kind of presented that God created them and that they were naked and unashamed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we see in 3.7 and then going on, we see the same word naked used. So it's easy for us to look at that and say, cool, same, got it, naked, naked. Makes sense. Unclothed. (laughs) And then uh, when it's like, okay, hold up, Buster. (laughs) Let's pump the brakes here. Because they're not the same word, um, hmm. at least not in English. <laughs> you guys are ready? <laughs> I don't know where that sound I came don't know from. If I'm ready. <laughs> so um, we need to we need to examine this a little bit. This was something I was actually curious about too. That's why I dived into it a little bit. So when we first look at the word "naked" in two twenty five, it means exactly that they were unclothed, <laughs> very straight. To the point. Um, so the word there, and I don't know how to pronounce this. It's Aram, A-R-O-M, sure. is the root of that. Um, but the second term that we see in, for nakedness, this starts in 3-7, but we also see it throughout this, is it? it's a different word. It's E-R-O-M. Eram? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce Hebrew. Subtle shift right there. What are they trying to say? It's a little bit. So the difference, and it kind of goes to what you said. The the difference in here is we see this throughout other parts, like in Deuteronomy, um, where it doesn't just mean unclothed, but it shows it carries this idea of being guilty, Um, and you're exposed and you're vulnerable. So, and that that's what it is. So it's it's the idea of the they're now vulnerable in front of God. They're guilty in front of God. They did something that he told them not to. Um, so what is, this is Deuteronomy something. <laughs> um, so yeah, because you did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity, therefore in hunger and thirst in nakedness, the word E-R-O-M, same as the one in Genesis 3-7, in dire poverty, you will serve the enemies the Lord sends against you. So it's this idea that guilt prompts us to look for hiding places. That was kind of the, the main message I had for that 
that we need to look f- look out for is this idea that it's not just they were unclothed mm. when they when they um, disobeyed God, but it's the idea that they realized their guilt in front of Him, realizing this experiential side of I committed an evil against God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I I can see how that can play into that. Um, hmm. I don't know how to integrate that into what my thinking is. Mm. I think I want to diverge just a little bit, but sure, it might sure. it might relate. Yeah. See what you I, have. I want to get into this idea. I, I brought it up in the last podcast we did on something else other than Genesis. <laughs> Job? <laughs> no, it was after this is the most recent one we recorded, just me and you. Anyways, I Oh I, I, pacifism. I, yeah, I think it was pacifism. Yeah. And and we talked about uh, I brought up this idea that there's only two motivators. Love and fear. Yes. And so I define Eden as a place where love is the only motivator. Hmm. And east of Eden, well, fear is the motivator and we have to uh, find a way to push into love as a motivator. Like in First uh, John four eighteen, where you know it says, "Perfect love cast out fear." Mm-hmm. Like we have to rest in God and allow His perfect love to push out any fears that we have residing in us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to this idea of uh, the the problem is is we're both saying the same thing. We're just given different emphasis. Like I'm, I'm putting emphasis on this idea that evil is done to us. Evil is suffering and evil are released into the world. Mm-hmm. And you're putting emphasis on our own personal responsibility for that and how we, I think, how we do evil ourselves. And I we, think that's, that's probably the difference in there. I, I, in the sense of, I would disagree with the idea that you presented of, you know, their naked, that God did their nakedness to them. Where it's like, no, I don't think, I wouldn't say that's true in the sense of their guilt. The guilt came from the fact that they committed evil. Yes, they were deceived, but they were the ones that are responsible for their action. Yeah, but, well, that's the thing. Is, see, you're still, you're putting emphasis on. It's true. That, that is still, where my emphasis is. They're still yeah. naked. They're still naked. Yes. Even yeah. if they switch the word and it and it starts to begin to, 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 to add in this uh, understanding that, part of their nakedness is their own guilt. I still think... Because we move from this innocence, you know, Mm -hmm. you're innocent in front of God to you're not guilty in front of God. Mm, Interesting. Uh, So when uh, I still think part of the nakedness is... Well, I love this image (laughs) because it brings both of our ideas together. Mm. Their nakedness is done to them and they're responsible for their nakedness as well. And Mm. so they they take responsibility and so the fig fig leaves... Mm. And then later on, we'll find that, well, God gives them clothing. Yeah. God's self. Yeah. Um, so God. Which is it, beautiful symbolism. It, it is a beautiful it's amazing. symbolism. That he, yeah. still, he clothes them. And it, I mean, that's an image of that is God is God is our protector. Mm-hmm. Right. Because because uh, he's course, giving him a covering. I'm, I'm, yeah. giving, I'm putting emphasis on this idea that uh, we are our nakedness reveals that we are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And because we're vulnerable, we need God's protection. We mm-hmm. need God to take care of us. And. We had to put on his garments, not ours. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and well, so I imagine we we're, we're talking about the fall, so we might as well talk about depravity. Sure. <laughs> and I imagine that we have different understandings of what 
depravity is all about, right? Do you, I mean, you're not a, a five-point Calvinist, but do you believe in total depravity, or what would you say? So it's funny you bring it up right now, too, because there's an interesting thought that I've had recently that, that uh, another pastor brought out. And so it's funny. People are going to hate this because I don't have a straight answer for it right now. In, in, You're supposed to have the answers, Paul. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> so right now, so here's here's the thought that, I, that I'm considering. So yes, I, I would say if you were going to ask me like, gun to my head, what's your answer? I'd say, yes, I believe in total depravity. But here's where I disagree with myself slightly. And this is, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm I'm trying to, I'm just started this journey of looking into this more. And it's the idea of God hardening hearts. Um, and so it's funny. It's like, wait, if we were all already as depraved as we could be, why would he have to harden our heart? Like with, with Pharaoh, why, why would they be that imaging of like, he became harder if he was already completely depraved. Why would it, why would he get worse? How could he get worse? So it's a complicated answer with that. I'm saying like, Yes, with an asterisk, I guess, if you ask me if I believe in total depravity. Mm-hmm. So I would say, and I think this uh, flows nicely with the C.S. Lewis quote I ended with on the mm. last Genesis episode, where he talks about how uh, Eden precedes sin. I think that's the language he used. It's basically the same okay. thing. But our, our image bearings, our, our being made in the image of God precedes our depravity to whatever extent we are depraved say that one more time are being made in the image of god being made as representatives of god Mm -hmm. as those who carry small amounts of of the ideal of god yeah of of the traits of god goodness beauty truth Mm -hmm. precedes any uh sense of depravity that we also embody okay so so Eden Eden precedes east of Eden. Oh, I see. Okay. As we are uh being made in God's image and having God's spirit in us precedes mm-hmm. the uh the inclination to miss the mark to sin. Hmm. Walk that out a little bit more for me. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, no. I I it's so you have to it's well so of course I don't I don't assume total depravity. I would if if a uh, if a uh, you know somebody who really read Calvin came on here and, and described total depravity, I'd probably be like, makes sense. Could, makes sense. We're all pieces of crap. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I would never accept a definition that uh, that assumes that we don't have intrinsic worth and value and mm. and an inclination toward the good. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, that's what uh, Thomas Aquinas stated that everybody has an inclination to what appears to be the good. Yes. And we just don't have the foresight, hindsight to know what the right good is, the real good. Yeah, the I agree with that. Good is. I mean, I think that's that goes into the proverb of "there's a way that seems right to man," and I think that's that that's that's the truth of that. <laughs> There's a way that seems right, and we're trying to seek. In using this language, we're trying to seek Eden again. You know, everything about us is like, how do we get back to this ideal of, of perfection, of goodness? We're, yeah. Uh, we just don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and that's where, yeah, that's yeah. where Christ comes in. And so I'd, I'd go back to something I said earlier uh, and say, uh, talking about fear and love being the two motivations. Yeah. The two motivators. 
living in, if we want to live in Eden today, which I don't think the goal is to go back to Eden. I think it's to go through to Eden, like mm. through this. I, I, a lot of, uh, this is a pretty popular idea in, uh, in, 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 in theology and in like, uh, union psychology mm. is we were born, uh, Make sure I get back to that. But yeah. we we were born in Eden, which is the place of unconscious um, perfection. Basically, hmm. uh, it's a uh, it's unconscious innocence. Hmm. And then we, as we age and mature, we go into conscience. Conscious, yeah. Uh, I mean, if we want to do it through your framework, we could say conscious guilt. Sure, we, could, we are conscious of our shortcomings. We're conscious of uh, imperfection around us. Hmm. And then the goal is to keep uh, plowing forward into conscious bliss, basically, because hmm. it starts with ignorant bliss, unconscious bliss, right? And we don't we don't want to go to uh, you know the saying ignorance is bliss. Sure. Well, not when it hurts other people, hmm. but I mean that's the that's the kind of uh, um, uh, worldview we have when we're little kids. We don't realize what our actions do. We don't realize, I mean, that's what, I mean, we can go back to Adam and Eve on this one, right? Hmm. Is they didn't have an awareness of what their actions would actually do because they were like children, right? And they, they didn't they didn't have uh, foreknowledge that if they ate the fruit that something bad would actually happen. So I will push back on that a little bit. And only in the sense of we don't really know. <laughs> and because the text doesn't really well, give us that, I don't it's think. It's a myth, so it doesn't really. <laughs> <laughs> there's so, no more context to the story because it. it's just a myth. Well, so <laughs> I think, I think in the, and this is where I'm at because I, I don't lean toward that side, but I have to recognize that we don't know what they knew. I, I think the only thing we do know that they knew was that God told them, don't do this or you will die. Yeah. But that's not, and so in the sense of like, they didn't know. It's like, okay, if we do that, there's a consequence for that. That's disobedience toward God. Um, But I, I do reject the idea of they were just like fresh off the assembly line and they were, you know, brand new. But at the same time, we can't say that they knew everything and you know they were fully aware of what they were doing. I think both of those things are are dishonest because there's no way to pull that. Does that make sense? It makes sense, and even if uh, a literal interpretation of Genesis is accurate, that still doesn't really help us because hmm. uh, we we don't have context for these things. So right. we we need to read these texts um, in a way that they're applicable to us today, right? Mm-hmm. What is what do these texts tell us about human nature today? And so we, I, I think it might be even helpful to assume well. Since the editors left this part of the story out, we basically assume it's not there. Hmm. Uh, if if we're mm-hmm. supposed to, because they tell us that they basically, um, we can assume that because their eyes were open, that their eyes were closed. We can assume that because the fruit made them conscious, that they were unconscious before they ate the fruit, or or they had a lower level of conscious mm-hmm. uh, of consciousness. I know our definitions do disagree on that too yeah. slightly. Um, yeah. But anyways, I'll go back to yeah. what I, I'll go back to. I, I'll say, and this is the only time I'll say it. <laughs> I'll say Calvin was right when he said that we are totally depraved. Whoa. <laughs> but my understanding of that is different. And because hmm. because Calvin would go as far as to say that in my readings of him, 
Um, yeah. I haven't read him as well as others have. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I love Calvin. I, Calvin is, I often take issue with. <laughs> love you. But um, they're some of my closest friends. <laughs> uh, but he would go as far as to say that even when we do something virtuous and of good intention, that even that action is depraved because there's an underlying motivation behind yeah. that. And I think... Because uh, I, I think to, to, to speak for him... <laughs> yeah, speak it, it for would, Calvin, yeah. As he Calvin was in the room would say... Or, if he was in the room right now, he'd say it just like this. Because I, I think it, from my understanding of that as well, the idea is that unless you have been... Unless you're in the process of regeneration, you're incapable of doing anything... In the name of God, in the name for for His name's sake, which would be a good thing. Which goes against my uh, anthropology, though, because I believe we all bear the image of God, and therefore have an ability to right. align ourselves with the 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 will of God, despite whether or I not think, we're Christians. Yeah, I think for yes. him, it, it's more of like the motivation behind it. Where yeah. It's like what you can do might be perceived as a good thing, but he would argue that it's not because you didn't do it with the right motivation. So, it, 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 yeah, perfect wording there because it's. Even if you are not a religious person, I believe that, I mean, there's two motivators. There's mm-hmm. fear and there's love. Anytime you align yourself with the spirit of love, mm-hmm. then you're aligning yourself with the true God, hmm. the the God of Jesus, the God that yeah. is Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so whether or not you say Jesus by name, that if you're serving, if you're truly serving love, then you're serving that God. Hmm. So, uh, which is where I'll, hmm. I'll agree with Calvin if if it's under this understanding of fear and love. I because I, I, I I'm I'm uh, hesitant to think of humans any differently. I'm I, ref, I I basically refuse to think of humans as those who are are totally depraved and just want destruction. Hmm. I believe that we are born as image bearers and that we have that, you know, we have access to the spirit of love and I, cause we are created by God. God created yeah. us. We, we would not exist unless we had the spirit of God in us. Like God mm-hmm. is the very breath that we breathe. Like the yeah. fact that that Holy spirit in, in Greek is pneuma, which means Hebrew and Greek. It's, it's also translated as breath. Hmm. Like it's air, it's breath. It's the spirit is in us. Yeah. We're breathing the spirit. But there's also a spirit of fear. Hmm. And so we are, I agree with Calvin in this instance that we can even be depraved in our virtuous actions Mm -hmm. because there's always an element of fear in those actions. Hmm. So sometimes I give you a gift and it's not because I love you. Yeah. It's because I want you to like me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm afraid of you rejecting me. Yeah. So that's something. So it's almost like we have to wrestle with this contradiction of an idea that there's two there's always two forces at work within us. There's the spirit of fear and there's the spirit of love. Yeah. And we have to lean into the spirit of love, which is God who in his perfect love casts out all the motivations of fear. Hmm. So that's my, hmm. I, I feel like we've diverged a little bit from Genesis three, but slightly, I felt like, but it's okay. I felt like preaching a little bit, <laughs> but it does bring up a question that I'm interested in. Ask the questions. Ask, and that's just because we talk about it a lot here, which is the image of God, being an imager of Christ, an imager of God. What does that? What does that mean? At the very least, let's read some scripture. <laughs> True. <laughs> Because I know this is a conversation I had recently with someone, and I've what got it, I've well, got my thoughts. Because some it. people would say that if you're not a Christian, you're not an image bearer. Yeah, and I reject that. <laughs> I do too. In the 
Yeah, so it's it's kind of like this weird. I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you my thoughts on it and how I've I've got to my conclusion. Um, so when when I think through that, I think of okay, so if there's something that distinguishes us as an imager, an image bearer, then it has to be something that's uniquely ours, something that's uniquely human. And so when we look at, because I've heard, I've heard a lot of different, I was taught, it's like, oh, it's because we're creative. It's like, well, we're not the only beings that are creative. Well, it's because we have consciousness. We're not the only beings that have consciousness. Well, we, we are. So, I mean, when you take into like, count like spiritual beings as well, it's like, what distinguishes us from everything? Sure. So it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll bring this up as well. It's the idea of, I've talked about this with uh, Daniel Markovich. He was the one that brought this idea up to me, which was, what is a chair? You know, how do you define a chair? And it's like, oh, well, it's a, it's a four-legged thing that you sit on. Okay, what if it has three legs? <laughs> oh, crap, is it still a chair? <laughs> you know, so it's like, what is that thing? So where I've, where I've come to, come to that conclusion is being an imager of Christ is a status. That is something that's been gifted uniquely to humans, that no matter your intelligence level, no matter your ability level, you are, your life is precious. Human life is precious because God has granted you the status of being an imager of him. And so no matter your level of ability, no matter your level of smartness, your cleverness, whatever it may be, whatever adjective, you your life is 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 precious because and it's sacred because God said you are my image bearer. And so that that's kind of where I am with that. It it, it 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 transcends this idea of what can you accomplish. And it says, well, <laughs> as long as you whatever you accomplish, you are bearing Christ's image. But that doesn't mean that you love Christ, mm. but God has granted you this ability to represent him. Mm. So you're saying, <laughs> man, I was about to take Love this it. Way, Love it. way more philosophically deep than, the, than what we intended to on this podcast. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is like, so you're saying essence precedes existence here on, uh, you're, you're going to take Plato's side versus John Paul mm. Sartre. <laughs> And in a sense, I guess in the philosophical side, I might tend to agree. Oh, philosophy. <laughs> oh, the old philosophy. <laughs> well, okay, so here, this, I'm having too much fun, so I'm, I know. I'm just going to have the side note anyways. <laughs> do it, bar. do it, do it. All right, so Plato's argument is essence precedes existence. Hmm. Sartre, existence precedes uh, essence, and which, I mean, frees us to yeah. add meaning to our life, right? We create the meaning that we yeah. desire right so i believe both <laughs> I, I, I believe both and here's here's uh always playing the middle man <laughs> got me pegged man you got me pegged no i think uh oh man i used to word this so eloquently but now i've <laughs> four quarter shots in and half four here. quarter shots <laughs> so two shots i think that's one shot yeah. Is that one? Yeah. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so math is my strongest suit. <laughs> no, I think uh, to be a Christian is to, I think, to believe that essence precedes existence. But yeah. I think the way this is this is going a whole different direction. It really is because there's a whole other thing I can bring into this, too, but I'll refrain. But we're having fun here, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I'm in the studio, <laughs> and. Uh, but to uh, to explore what our essence is, I think if we 
um, what's the word? What's the word? Uh, functionally hmm. align ourselves with this idea that existence precedes essence. I think we are confirming the the prior. So it's we by living out, uh, by going out in the world and creating this meaning and and doing what we feel. <laughs> well, that's uh, oh, man. It, it, it's <laughs> you're good. You're good. Well, oh, man, I don't know how much. I'm trying to concise this because I could spend 20 minutes on this. Oh, yeah. Because it's almost like it's like this idea of it seems like a lot of Christians, they come into the faith and get seri- really serious about the faith. And yeah. they feel like, well, this means I got to be a missionary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's their essence. Yeah. Yeah. Like God created me to be a missionary. I mean, sometimes I felt like oh, God just wants me to go be a missionary and live the mm. aesthetic life and, and forget this capitalism and and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, material BS and mm-hmm. just go, you know, serve him that way. Go sleep on the floor or whatever. <laughs> oh, shut up, Paul. You're so holy. <laughs> sleep on the floor for no reason. <laughs> so it, it's whatever. I feel like by <laughs> it's, it's almost like this. It's kind of sick of an, it's a sick idea when you think about it, but it's like, <laughs> let's go out and create our own meaning and in that way, find what true meaning is. Hmm. So if you feel inclined to be a creative artist and you find meaning in that and you create meaning in that, well, it's almost like the reverse is happening there and you're actually finding the essence that God created you for. Hmm. So it's, hmm. so, uh, believe the first, assume the second. <laughs> and, and by assuming the second, you'll end up at the first. And okay. And I think I, 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 think I, I get went, it. I, I plunged deep on that one. And you I'm did. Sorry. I really, I think I'm really I, sorry. I think I and get it, is, but this, that's okay. This is an infantile thought I had a few weeks ago when I was <laughs> I was reading Sartre, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh like, I have thoughts myself. <laughs> oh, Mr. Frenchie, here I come. <laughs> but yeah, I know we could spend a lot of time on just that philosophical side of it, too. But Who, who are you, Sartre? I have an undergrad degree. <laughs> <laughs> what degree did you have? <laughs> you think you're so smart, huh? <laughs> Your name's What's weird. What's up with all the voices today? What am I doing? I'm just you're feeling it. You <laughs> the voice is what makes it good. But so this is funny. We're uh we're getting towards the end here of Genesis. Unfortunately, I feel like we barely touched on it. Well, the thing we don't have to cover every scripture. We just have True. to, you know, we have to. Well, let me read this verse about the the image of God. Yeah. What please. does it mean to be the image of God? All right, Genesis two seven. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Image bearers are those that have the breath of life in them. Mm. That's the spirit. That's pneuma. That's the spirit of God keeping us alive. If we didn't have that spirit, dead. <laughs> mm. Can we increase that spirit? I don't know if increase is the right right word. It, I mean, that word works, mm. but it's is it increase or is it a heightened awareness of that spirit already in us? Hmm. And what is that spirit? It's the spirit of love. It's the spirit of yeah. love that casts out all fear. Yeah. And, and rejects the fear that motivates us hmm. to, uh, which which gets me into, I mean, if you don't mind, like, if you're okay with Please. us not being too fine detailed on the rest of Genesis 3 and some of Genesis 4, that's the problem. That's, that's I'll the let situ- you know. I'll that's, let you know what I think. <laughs> yeah, I know you will. You always do. <laughs> that's the situation we find in Genesis 4. Maybe this is our, like, uh, little crazy, teaser. Little teaser. <laughs> So so don't even like don't even like you can say a little bit if you disagree and and it upsets you say that but make me angry. let's not make get me into angry it. let's not get into it <laughs> but but 
I mean, just so for your own self-esteem, you can let yeah. it, let let your let the audience know that that you think I'm wrong and ignorant and stupid <laughs> and depraved. <laughs> I think you're an imager of Christ, Trey. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh man. <laughs> but that's what happened with Cain. Cain allowed too much of fear to motivate him, hmm. and when God rejected his offering, he let that fear of, well, if God rejected this, then I'm never going to get this right. Hmm. I'm never going to be accepted. Hmm. And that turned into resentment. And that resentment built, and then he committed the first ever recorded murder. Yeah. Yeah, so you didn't make me mad. I I agree. <laughs> and I've been thinking about this as well as we've been talking. And it's the idea of going to those two ideas, fear versus love. Fear says, I might not be good enough. Mm-hmm. And love says, I'm not good enough, but someone else is. And I think that's the distinguishing factor between those two. We look at Cain, like you just brought up. Mm-hmm. He let that, he let the resentment build. He's like, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I suck. Maybe whatever. And he let that build to the point where he, he murdered his brother. Yep. And his brother, his motivation was, I'm not good enough, but God is, and I need to do this for him. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's what we see, whether it's Genesis 3 or not. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an important thing, the, the two motivations there. Love is realizing that, yeah, I, talking about total depravity, I'm not good enough. I, you know, whatever my level of depravity is, like we've talked about, yeah, it's not good enough. Any amount, any amount of depravity is not good enough. Um, but Christ is. Yeah, I'd word that differently, but, (laughs) but I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Well, I would say, uh, God, God loves us as we are and accepts us as we are. And that acceptance leads to us becoming more. So, and this is this idea of we are both, we both need to uh, accept us as we are and allow that acceptance to flourish into something greater. We are both being, we're both human beings, and we're both becoming. Mm-hmm. And this is the last thing I'll say, just because <laughs> this is something that gets me so fired up. Please. Well, so the Greeks have have different words for love, right? Yeah. And God's version of love is agape. Oh, you knew it. Everyone knows it. You're so smart, Paul. <laughs> I went to Sunday school. Well, <laughs> the best definition of agape that I've found is agape is the kind of love that lets be. And I, I've taken that definition and made it even better. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm ready and so I define agape as the love that lets be in order so they become hmm I accept you as you are so become who you can be hmm I'm processing it. Well, well, I mean, do you want to spend 20 minutes on it? Because I could spend... <laughs> we totally can. Uh, I, I just give a little teaser what that what that means to me. Yeah. Uh, so we have shame cycles and we have love cycles. Mm-hmm. Shame cycles say you're not good enough. And if we believe that, even though it's... I mean, there's a partial truth in that. We could be better than we are. 
But if we tell ourselves, hey, you're not good enough, that beats us down and puts us in a shame cycle that keeps us from getting better. But love cycles, love motivation, when we motivate with love and say, hey, you're okay as you are. God accepts you as you are. God loves you as you are. That frees us to become even more than what we already are. Hmm. And so that's what I believe about anthropology. That's what I believe about us being image bearers. Um, that I mean, God accepts us as we are. Hmm. That doesn't discount the fact that we could be more. Hmm. Yeah. So, and I'm sorry I'm doing all this at the end of the show where we can't really get into it. I know. <laughs> I feel like that. No, you're good. Andy's and I, like, it's one of those oh, things. Gosh, why? why <laughs> Annie's so mad. Me? She's like, just give me the They're bottle just of gin. Work so much harder than it should be. Here, 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 here. <laughs> here, have some gin, Annie. Yeah, take Please, some, take a sip. here, take a sh- shot glass too. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the only thing that I would say, and I don't want this to sound like a last word or anything like that. <laughs> if you I, have a last word, I need another last I word. know, right? And I, I hate making it sound like that. But the only thing that I would say that I would, again, I would word it differently <laughs> in the sense of, I would say God loves us, God loves us despite how we are. I think that's where my difference would be. And and I, you may agree or just, you probably disagree with that. Um, but I think that's, that's where I'm coming from with this. It's like, despite how we are, God loves us. Hmm. I probably wouldn't word it that way, but I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure. Oh, cool. Cool. Cool, 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 Right on. Cool, 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 beans. Let's close the tab. Let's close the tab. Oh. That was pitiful. Do it again. It's so bad. Better. All right, Paul. Do do your your. your uh... <laughs> oh man! Cut that! <laughs> do, I just inhaled that. Do your do your. your you made your, me laugh somehow. Just do your wrap up, Paul. Just wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for watching. Stop looking. <laughs> I just coughed in that laugh. Stop looking. Don't watch us. I hope the camera stopped recording. If you guys are listening, thank God you didn't see that. Wait, is it off? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much to Maxwell Digital Media for letting us <laughs> record. And thank you for Annie Uli for being very gracious to us <laughs> and for editing this podcast and producing it. Trey, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> We'll catch them on the next one. Yeah. And support our Patreon. Patreon.